morning, everybody. I know you just sat, but let's stand if you can for the reading of God's Word. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. It'll be on the screen. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. This is Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Take a seat. Good morning, everyone. If you don't know me, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. Thrilled to be sharing from the scriptures today. Just a couple quick things. Uh, today is our church potluck. As Pastor Manny said, I want to encourage you to get to the banana pudding as soon as you can. My wife stayed up to make true southern banana pudding for y'all. And it'll be out there, and it is so good. The trick is actually making it the day, the day before, and so that all, all the flavors kind of meld together for the second day. And so just so you know, you need to grab a good, a good portion. Okay, it's going to be really good. Uh, next announcement quick. I know we just did announcements, but um, today is also our uh, benevolent offering that we take the first Sunday of every month. The way that we're approaching this right now is any loose money that you have with you, any loose money that you give to the church today, cash in the boxes, wherever you are, um, will go directly to people in need, okay? So whatever you give cash in the boxes won't go to our general offering. It'll go to directly towards our fund to help people in need. And so please be generous with that. The season has been hard for a lot of people. Um, inflation is challenging. Um, the employment is challenging right now. And so we need to kind of replenish our coffers when it comes to our benevolent fund, okay? So if you have any extra cash, drop it in the box. It'll go right to people in need. The third announcement before we finish up is that, again, you probably heard we lost one of our own this past week. It feels like this is all too common. But our friend Norm Cushy went to be with the Lord this past week. And, um, and Lori, um, gosh... We love you guys, um, and we love Norm, and we're so excited to be singing like the old country gospel songs in heaven with him in the future, and I know that he is, is as happy as he's ever been in his entire life um, with complete freedom and complete healing, um, but that doesn't make it easier for us right now, and so, um, well, I guess it does, but you know what I mean, and so just so you know, we love you, and uh, we love your family, and we're so grateful for you guys, and we're just praying peace over everyone involved, okay? Okay. Okay. Sound good? Okay. All right, so um, turning the page into the message. Today, we are on week five 
of an extended summer series called Let Me Explain. And if you're kind of new or you're just joining us, it's basically in this series we're taking a moment to create a common understanding for what we as a church believe and why, and for what we as a church do and what we practice and, and why we do the things that we do. And we started first a couple weeks ago with why we get baptized. And then we talked about why we sing. We talked about why we take communion. And then last week, Pastor Manny, again, hit it out of the park with the message about the gospel and why the gospel matters and why we believe it. So if you missed it, make sure you go catch up. You need to catch up because this is how you understand who we are and where we're going. So today, as we move on, we'll be focusing on what it takes, really, for us to make this house a home and why it's essential for us as a church to be a people that choose a place to belong and a place to become. And so if you're taking notes today, we'll be covering and talking about church membership. Church membership. And some of you might be like, man, didn't I, didn't I hear this message last summer? No, you heard something like it. But in the last 12 months, we've had more than 18 new families come into our community, okay? Which is amazing. It's totally amazing. And so um, there are folks here in your midst that don't know why we value what we do and don't know why we practice what we do. And this is why we're kind of going over this again. And so today we're going to be talking about church membership. And we're doing this because God actually has a lot to say about commitment. God has a lot to say about, about membership and why it's important for his people to have a place to belong. And so if, if you feel like this is redundant, stick with me because I promise that we're all going to come out to the other side of this, either more informed church members or more interested in why God cares about commitment. Amen? Amen. All right, quick question as we get started. Has anyone ever walked into a room and, or a moment or a situation and immediately felt out of place? Yeah, everyone here that's coming for the first time hearing me talk about membership, you're like, well, I should have gone to the beach this morning. It's the 4th of July. Okay, um, you know, where you show up and you look around and you immediately feel this awkward sense of like, like you just don't belong. This, this, this happens to me more often than I would like to admit, but there's, there's one key kind of story arc in my life where it stands out the most, and it all starts. It all comes down to a boy from the north Fallen in love with a girl from the South, okay? So, so follow me back to, to spring of 2010. I think I've got a picture. You got a picture for me? Look at us. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I got to get that picnic shirt back, okay? All right, you can clear it. I don't want this to be a distraction for anyone, but... So 2010, Rebecca and I, we meet... And we start, uh, we meet online and we start kind of talking to each other through Facebook. And our messages start like kind of short and then they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger. And I was living in Minneapolis at the time. She was down in Mississippi. And so after a couple weeks, you probably know this, but after a couple weeks, I kind of roll the dice and I'm like, hey, um, uh, could I get your, can I get your phone number? Because it'd be nice, you know, when we're not on, on Facebook to be able to kind of message each other. And she's like, um, I don't know who this guy is, but okay. And so we start texting and texting. And, and then for me, I, I kind of take it to the next level. And if you know me, I'm an early adopter. I kind of jump right in on a lot of things. And so I messaged her when she was down in, in New Orleans one day. And, or Nolens, as they say in the South, Nolens. And, um, and I was like, hey, so um, I'm going to come visit you. And, and I thought this would have been a romantic gesture, okay? 
I thought this would have been like, wow, he, he really wants to get to know me. But, but now having her enjoyed me online and on text, I think that for her, she, she didn't know if I was legit or not. It's just she was kind of like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And, and I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And so anyway, we talk, and she calls me from New Orleans. I'm, I'm, I'm like, hey, so I know that might have been intense, but I just, I'd love to be able to meet you. And so she relented, and, and I booked a flight. Now, on that first visit to Mississippi, deep south, it was a really eye-opening moment for me. See, my assumption was that if you live in America, like, it's just America, right? It all looks the same, and it all feels the same. But my, listen, when I, when I got there, um, there was this such a unique cultural experience as soon as I got off the plane. There was different food, there was different accents, there was different personalities, there was a different landscape. It was lovely and rich and super humid and things moved at a different pace, okay, in the South. Yeah, but I, but I realized pretty quick that my kind of preppy um, picnic shirt, um, Midwest sensibilities, were the cause of more than one comment from the locals where I heard something like, you don't look like you're from around here. And it's true, y'all, in that moment, I wasn't from around there, and I was a bit of an outsider. And it wasn't like they were being malicious or prejudicial. It was just simply situational. I didn't, I didn't fit, nor did I feel like I fit because I had never been. Everything was new. It felt foreign. And I enjoyed it, but it didn't... I, but but I, ugh, I just didn't feel Southern on that first visit because I wasn't Southern yet. Now, fast forward just a bit from that first kind of foreign encounter. Rebecca and I, we hit it off eventually, and, um, and, we, and we ended up making a lot of trips down to the Deep South, to Mississippi. Um, but, but the belonging that I wanted, it didn't come overnight. It didn't come overnight. I remember going down, um, it was in like January of, of 2011, I think, and we'd been dating for a few months. This is actually the trip that I proposed to her. But we went down there to celebrate her great-grandmother's 100th birthday. And at this point, her folks knew me, and they trusted me. I was welcomed into their house, okay? And they knew that we would likely get married, so they knew that they had to love me as well. Um, but check it out. Even then, after I'd been accepted into their home and received as future family, there were still all sorts of moments during that trip where I just didn't feel quite at home. I remember going to this party. It was at, at this apostolic, um, it was an apostolic church fellowship hall in, uh, what, Vidalia, Vidalia, yeah? Okay, I got it. It's up here somewhere. Um, and we went there to celebrate her 100th birthday, right? And everyone there knew one another, okay? Everyone was there to celebrate. Everyone was excited. There were so many y'alls. There was so much sweet tea. There were so many finger sandwiches and vegetable plates. And if you didn't know, in the South, vegetable plates don't necessarily mean vegetables, okay? In the South, vegetable plates include macaroni and cheese. And so for some of you, you're like, we got to relocate down South. I get that. <laughs> but it was this beautiful moment. We're all celebrating this life well lived. Um, when Becca's great aunt, she walks up to me, and I'll never forget it. She says, oh, you must be David. Now, forgive the Southern accent, okay? She's like, you must be David, the Yankee. You're the Yankee. And then she says, don't you go stealing our girl up north. And I was like, I'm a Yankee? <laughs> I, 
I don't think I've ever been called a Yankee in my whole life, but I guess I was. I was a Yankee in the South, right? Welcomed into the family and loved by those who mattered. But in that moment, still the reality was I didn't feel like I belonged. And it's not because I wasn't welcomed. Hear me say that. I was welcomed, but it was because I didn't have the relational equity or the experience established yet. I didn't have enough time invested. I was committed to the experience, but I still lacked connections. And because I didn't feel like I belonged, it was hard, honestly, to become who I knew I wanted to be. Now, what am I getting at? It's easy to feel out of place. It's easy to feel, it's easy to feel like, like you're kind of on the outside looking in, regardless of who's hosting the moment. It's easy, and sometimes that feeling is situational, again, it's just a new place, new people, new food, new location. Sometimes it's just a matter of time and investment. But either way, it's easy to feel out of place. And we know it because we've all lived it. From family, new family, to hobbies, you're trying out something new for the first time, to schools, checking into school, figuring out how to open up your locker, to work, new jobs, and, and even into church. It's easy to feel like there are insiders and outsiders, and you at that moment are on the outside looking in. Still, even with all the potentially awkward encounters we've experienced on the outside, I need you to know that wired into each of us is a longing to come in. There is a longing wired into each and every one of us to be on the inside, a longing to find a, a people to call family and a place to call home. We all want a place to belong. It's, it's, it's in us. It's in us. In fact, there have been a number of studies, if you notice the past couple weeks, I bring science into every message because there are a number of recent studies where scientists have found woven into the deepest parts of our humanity. This is literally in our DNA. There is a basic human fundamental need for belonging. Right alongside food, water, and shelter, we find this need in us, in the core of who we are to belong. The social sciences call this belongingness. Belongingness, and, and this is defined as a person's inherent desire to belong and be an important part of something greater than themselves, which implies a relationship that is greater than simple acquaintance. Belongingness is in us. It's in you, and it's in me. It's written into the very building blocks of life, and, and this need to belong, it matters because it matters because God put it there. God put this need in you. God made us. He made you to be more than just you. He made you to be a part of something better together. And that's what we just heard in our opening scripture from Romans 12, where it says, just as our bodies have more, many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We were created to be together. We were baptized to share one spirit and saved for loyal devotion. We were made for membership, to be members of Christ's body, the church. Which is why what we're covering today, church membership, is so vital. Because the church, more than any other place, is meant to be the perfect representation to the world of what belonging was always intended to be. And y'all, that's us, the church, that's us. We are supposed to be the ideal reflection of God's heart for true community and connection to the world. But friends, 
95% of our city has no idea what this looks like because 95% of our city isn't here. And even some of us that are here, we still don't know what this true community and, and, and fellowship is intended to be. So we need to know and also be ready to explain to everyone outside there and also to everyone in what it really means to live life together as God intended. And so if you would indulge me for just a few moments, it doesn't matter if you're a member or not, if you just indulge me for a few moments, let me just explain God's heart for church membership and why we do what we do the way we do, starting first with some definitions for what we mean when we say membership. Because if you're anything like me, we're members of all sorts of things, right? I'm a member of like the Ralph's rewards that get you cheap gas at 76, right? Come on now. I'm a member of Netflix sometimes, T-Mobile, AAA, LA County Zoo. I'm a member of Compassion International and American Express. Anyone else have a good membership out there? Anyone do like subscription services to anything? Costco, thank you, this is great. So you know what I'm talking about. It's likely that we're all members of something. So membership isn't a foreign word in our world. But when we talk about church membership, what do we mean? Is it organizational, like, like joining a co-op? Is it transactional, like Amazon Prime? Is it locational, like me traveling down to Mississippi? Or, or, or is, it something, is it something else? Let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, follow me quickly to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, this is where the Apostle Paul, he is speaking to the church of Ephesus roughly 30 years after Jesus left or 30 years into the era, the age of the church. And he's speaking this incredible reminder to them of who they are and what membership really means. Check this out. It starts in verse 19. It's a passage you've probably heard. It says, so you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Now, when you see the word Gentiles in the New Testament, all it really means is everyone that isn't a Jew, okay? So if anyone's kind of new to church and you're like, oh, what does this word Gentile mean? Is that like derogatory? No, it's not at all. It's just that there were Jews, God's chosen people initially, and then there were everyone else. And this is where Gentiles come in. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. I love this. You are members of God's family. If, you're, if you have your Bible and you, and you take notes, underline that in your Bibles. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles, everyone who wasn't involved before, everyone who was on the outside before, together... Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So in this, Paul is saying, Ephesians, he's saying that membership isn't so much an organizational description, and it isn't a transactional perk or a locational default you are born into. But instead, Paul's like, this is a foundational and, and relational shift in your identity. Church membership isn't a club that you join but it's a family that you choose to belong to. And once you belong to this family, Paul's like, it changes, it changes you. It changes everything about you. This membership means that you are no longer who you once were. You are no longer a stranger or a foreigner. No, you're no longer on the outside, like looking in on the inside, you, you, just like a Yankee in the South, right? No, you are a citizen. 
You are a citizen on the inside with all God's holy people. And together, it says in verse 20, it says that we are his house, carefully joined together in Christ, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Together, we are his house. And, and, and on the surface, I know this sounds beautifully poetic, right? Wow, we are the house of the Lord. Beautiful. But this statement of God's house in Ephesians is actually has a number of layers of significance that take its meaning even further. And that's because the context for where this passage fits within the societal structure of the first century Middle East, it brings us to this word oikos. 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 You might recognize the word from the Greek yogurt company you see at Vons. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? But this word oikos in the first century was actually used to help define what we now call family. In the 21st century, we have family, and it's one word. We have one word, okay? In the first century, though, they had two words, and it'll be on the screen. They have this word genos, which meant a biological kin, blood relation. If you just think genealogy, this is where we got the word genealogy from genos. But then they also had the second word for family called oikos, which defined family not just by your genealogy or by your biology, but, but rather by the family that you choose, your household. And this is the word that Paul is using in Ephesians 2 when he says, together we are his house. He's saying anyone who has placed their trust in Jesus, who has been, uh, who has been brought from death to new life in Jesus' name, together we are his, his oikos, Together we are his household. We are the people that he chose to be his family beyond the genealogical line of Abraham. We are the people God decided to welcome. We are the people that God decided to give meaning as adopted sons and daughters. We are the people together that he chose. God chose to give us purpose. He, he chose to give you purpose Amen. and significance and identity as children of God. We are his household. We are the ones he chose. We belong as members of his oikos. Why? Because God said so. God made this decision. It has nothing to do with us. God chose this for us. And, and this is the foundational concept and perspective we have for church membership as church people. This is what church membership really means and what it's meant to be. It's meant to be family. It's meant to be family, but not just the family you were born into. I know some of you might be thinking, I already have a family and I don't even like them. And so, <laughs> but this is the family that you get to choose to be a part of. This is your choice. And if we follow back to the first century, there was very little rights. You know, we live in America today and there's so much freedom. But in the first century, there was no freedom to choose. This was God choosing you. And this is an opportunity for you now to choose to be in this family with him. This is God's heart for his church, his oikos, his family and his body. Many members coming together that choose to belong together. Not, and not for what they can get out of it. Again, filter out some of your 21st century American mind uh, where you can get anything you want delivered to your house in 24 hours, okay? Filter this out for a second because this family isn't about what you get delivered to you, but rather what you can give into it. 
That's what this family is all about. This is the oikos of God, and we see it played out brilliantly in the book of Acts chapter 2. This is one that we've gone back to a number of times in our series where it says this. This is a description of the church, of the oikos of God, uh, shortly after Jesus went to be with the Father. It says this. This is what they did. This is how they prioritized their time. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship, their oikos, those who were being saved. All the believers devoted themselves to fellowship. A fellowship that was formed from all sorts of social and economic and regional and religious and even relational backgrounds. They chose to devote themselves to this fellowship in a house that they chose to call home, an inclusive, exclusive fellowship. Let me explain what this means. It means that anyone could be a part of the family, but once you were, you were exclusively and irrevocably changed, and that's what they were. They were this anyone's welcome, inclusive, exclusive fellowship of difference that chose to be family together with our good Father in heaven. And friends, this is what church membership, this is what, it's, this is what we were made for. This is what God made us for. It's not situational. It isn't organizational. It's not transactional. It's not even locational. It's invitational. So you might begin to see yourself for who you really are, a child of God and member of his house, the body of Christ, where we all matter. We all matter because we all, Romans 12, we all have a special function. We're all able to contribute to the whole because the body of Christ together is far greater than the sum of its parts. And this is what biblical membership is and why we value and encourage church membership here, because this is it, because we believe Membership multiplies the mission. Membership multiplies the mission. Membership shifts our perspective from attending church alone to advancing God's kingdom together. From renting for now to owning forever, church membership matters because it's an intentional choice that you make to belong. And you were made to belong. It's in you. Belongingness. The need to, be, to belong to something bigger than you. You were not designed by God to have one foot out the door. You were not designed by God to keep your options open. You were designed by God for loyalty and, and fidelity and family. You were saved for commitment to a people and a place and remade in Jesus' name for membership in his house. And so membership isn't just something that you do. It's really just who you are. Ephesians chapter two. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And this is why we do what we do. 
Now, some of you might be thinking, all right, pastor, ah, all right, sounds good, I get it. But pastor, I can still see this church as oikos. I can still see this church as extended family and not be like a sign on the line on paper official member of Highlands Church. I don't need to take a class or fill out an application to care about this church or to call it home. And you know what? You're absolutely right. You are. You're absolutely right. The church in Acts chapter 2, they didn't have membership classes or church business meetings to vote in new members. No, that, that type of organizational church structure wouldn't have made sense to them at all. So you're right. But, but I tell you what. If that church who was devoted to fellowship, if that church that was willing to sell their possessions to meet each other's needs, which implied that they knew each other well enough to know each other's needs, if that church who ate together and prayed together daily and gathered to remember and announce the Lord's Supper together as often as they met, if that church hopped in a time machine and transported themselves back to 21st century America, do you really think that they would have a problem with sitting through a membership class? Do you really think that they'd have a problem filling out a membership application? Absolutely not, because they were already committed. They were already devoted, first to Jesus and second to the fellowship. And so to go through the process of making it official, to lock it in, it wouldn't phase them out a bit because they weren't looking for the next cool thing. They weren't church shopping or trying to keep their options open for what might better fit in their schedule. No, this church chose to be together because they saw themselves as family of God, as oikos. And Romans 12, that they were many parts of one body, that they were integral to one another, and they all belonged to one another. And this is the heart of belonging and the foundation for why we do what we do with church membership, because we want you to belong. It's good for you. It's good for you to choose to be together and to belong. Why? Because God said that it's good for you. He made you this way. Church membership is good for you, and it's essential for any Christian follower. Why? Two quick things for why membership is good for you. Number one is it helps you understand who's for you. Membership defines your community. What do I mean by this? Let me explain. When you're a member, when you choose to belong, you aren't just running solo. No, you are joining a team, a family of other members who also chose to belong. You're jumping into a support system of like-minded followers of Jesus who have also humbled themselves to be a part of something better together. And while, yes, once you give your life to Jesus, you are now brought into this massive oikos of God across all space and time with a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. Absolutely. It's essential to our humanity and to our belongingness. Even though we belong to something massive globally across all space and time, it's essential to our humanity to find a local assembly because it's in our belonging with one another that we find our becoming together. We will never become, you will never become who you were meant to be until you choose to belong to something bigger than yourself. And so membership is good for you because it defines your community. That's number one. Number two, it's good for you because it shows you who you report to. Membership reveals your authority. Membership reveals your authority. What do I mean by this? Because I, I'm well aware 
that we don't like being told what to do. I'm well aware in our modern culture of independence that we don't like having to report to anyone other than us. I get that, so let me explain. While independence, and this is what we're celebrating in two days, right? Independence Day. While independence might be one of the great American values, we don't actually see that represented in the kingdom of God at all. Instead, we see humility, submission, obedience, interdependence, and authority. These are the essentials of a Christian life which means that we must all choose to place ourselves under the care of a community and the spiritual leadership. And believe it or not, this is good for you. I know we don't like being told what to do, but this is good for you. It's good for you to have a fresh set of eyes looking into your life to help you stay true to what you confess you believe. It's good for you to have voices speak into your story that only want you to live your greatest life of faith and obedience. It's good for you to have someone to report to. It's good for you to have someone to report to, and this is exactly what we see in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, as it speaks to members of God's house. In verse 17, it says this. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Let me say that one more time, okay? Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. We all need someone to report to. We all need accountability. We all need someone to watch over our souls. And again, that's why church membership is so important. Because it shows you who you report to. It shows you who your spiritual leaders are and who they are accountable to care for. Selfishly, I care about membership because I want to know who I'm accountable for. I want to know who I'm accountable for, and I care about all of you, and I pray for you, but I only have so much to give, and I want to make sure I'm giving all I got to folks willing to receive it. As we share this oikos together, I want to make sure I'm making the most of my life by watching over those who actually want to be watched over. Does that make sense? That's what membership is. It's a family. It's good for you no matter what because you were made to belong somewhere. But just because you were made to belong somewhere and to commit, that doesn't mean you were made to belong just anywhere or, or even, even here in this house. I, I hope that you want to belong here. I want everyone here today to feel at home as they walk through these doors. I want everyone to feel kinship with one another during community time and to care about the things we care about. I want everyone to be a member of this church family, but I'm well aware that just because we're a church for anyone, it doesn't mean that we'll be a church for everyone. So this is why we do what we do and the way we do as we conclude. This is why we have membership and membership classes membership applications, and ultimately a membership vote. Why? Let me explain. It's because we have membership classes Because while everyone is made to belong somewhere, we never want people to feel like there's a bait and switch. Like you're hanging out for a while, and then you see something behind the curtain, you feel gaslit the whole time. We want you to know who we are and what we care about, where we're going, and how we're going to get there before anyone chooses to commit. Because even though we're all part of this global, timeless body of Christ, not every local assembly contributes or serves in the same way. 
Some churches within the capital C church, the big church across all space and time, some of them are hands, some are feet, some are eyes, some are ears, and we all have different passions. We all have different passions within the gospel and preferences within his practices. And this is a gift, really. It means that there is likely a church that shares your heart for faith and for the world. And so before anyone joins this church, this immediate family, we want to make sure that they know what this family is really like. So we have membership classes to catch them up on our history, 77 years of history, to catch them up on our values, our culture, our theology, our mission and vision for how to show the world what God is like. We don't have membership classes to lock you in put handcuffs on you. No, but rather to free you up to decide with confidence if this is a place you want to belong. Does that make sense? It's a place to ask questions to get answers. Practically, we do it after service. We do it over lunch. It's not long unless you want it to be. It's informative and, and, and comprehensive and helpful to know what you're signing up for should you choose to sign up. Which leads us to the second piece, the application here. We ask folks to fill out a membership application because we want you to know uh, we want, sorry, we ask you to fill it out because we want to know you just like you know us. We want you to, we want them to acknowledge that they understand what it means to be a member, that they feel confident in our values, our convictions, our theology, our mission, and philosophy. So when they fill it out, it's, it's not just joining an organization to vote, although voting is important but it's also committing to a family where you will grow to belong. And then after the application for those still wanting to join the church, this is the third piece, sitting down with a team of deacons for a brief interview before being brought before the church family for a vote. Now, a vote which really is more than anything just a public welcome to the family moment. Some of you have seen this over the past couple weeks. This was last week. Where existing, member choose, existing members choose to commit to them just as they choose to commit to the family. And this is the process for why we do what we do the way we do. And I know that's a lot. I know it's been a lot to take in. But bring it all back around, what I need you to understand more than anything today is this, that God has an extended family made up of millions of smaller, immediate families over the past 2,000 years. And they all come together brick by brick to be his house, his oikos. And that's you. If you're a Christian, you are his house of faith. You are a member of his family. And you were made to belong. You were made to, to, to choose to commit to his house and find a place to call home. And friends, more than anything, more than, than every chair and pew being full, this is what I want. I want more than anything for this place to feel like home for you. And I pray that it will. But for that to happen, it takes you and me, it takes all of us recognizing that, that church is more than just a place we go. It's more than just a club we join. It's more than just an organization we attend or a location that we were born into. It's brothers and sisters in the family of God committed to you as you commit to them. It's a symbiotic relationship rooted in humility and love with dreams and passions to see one another step into and grow into a better reflection of Jesus. And this is the church, and this is what it means to be the church and what it means to be a member. So as we close...
as we're all anticipating that banana pudding coming in full force in like 20 minutes. As we close, I want you to know that this is super low pressure sales. I don't want, I don't want people signing up and being a part of this family if it doesn't feel like family for you, okay? And so this is low pressure sales, but it, as we close, if, if you aren't a member here, the question I wanna ask you is why not? What's the hang up? You can attend as long as you want, and we love you in any way we can get you, but, but if you've been here for a while, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? We actually have a membership class on the calendar in two weeks, July 26th, if anyone's, maybe it's three weeks. Um, July 26th, if anyone's interested, we'll get you some more information about it in the next week or two. Um, but I encourage you, if you have any questions about who we are, what we care about, what we belong to, where we're going, this is an opportunity for you to come and check it out and ask the hard questions and get the real answers, okay? Things that we might not always talk about on a stage on Sunday morning. And so if you're not a member, the question is, why not? And I encourage you to consider making this house your home. Now, to all the members that are here, I hesitate to ask how many members are in the house. How many members are in the house? Raise your hand. Look at that. Woo! That's so good. The question I have for you, the question I have for you is, there's been a lot of change over the past few years. There's been a lot of shifts over the past couple years. And the question I have, you, I have to ask you is, is this, does this still feel like home? Do you feel like you're still able to make it your home by contributing who you are to the community? If it doesn't, then we need to talk right away. Let's figure something out. Uh, because I want more than anything again for this house to feel like a home for you. Because everyone, and I truly believe this, everyone is essential to the future that God is building here. There is no retirement age to the kingdom of God. Nor is there a permission slip, right? God is inviting us all to come and contribute who we are to making this church the greatest reflection it can for the foothills of what Jesus and his way is like. So let us be a church that chooses to belong. Let us be a church that chooses to commit to one another as chosen family. Let us be a church that chooses to look past the differences, to find the common ground on this side of heaven that we might truly be the oikos of God. Let us be a church that belongs, amen? So I'm going to pray for you. If you have any questions, you can come up and talk afterwards. Otherwise, um, I just encourage you to stick around with the oikos of God here and get some hot dogs and get that banana pudding and all the other good tasty sides. But I want to pray for you specifically. And if you have any questions, again, feel free to come up and talk to me anytime. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have made us your house. We're so grateful, God, that you took this fellowship of difference, all these different people from all these different places with all these different stories all these different parts and form them together and to be your family and your body. God, we ask that we would find our place. God, that we'd stop living like amputated limbs on the body of Christ and instead choose to reconnect, to fuse ourselves together into this new one thing, this one body with one spirit and one future hope. God, we're grateful for the ways that you've led us. We're grateful for all the ways that you're continuing to show kindness to us and be gracious to us. God, we ask even in this moment that you lay heavy on our hearts. And if there's anyone in the house today that's feeling like, man, I, I really do feel like I want to belong somewhere, then this is for you. 
God, let this house be a place where all are welcome. The door is always open and the table is always set. But God, even in this moment, we ask that the people that have been maybe on the fence with one foot out the door, still trying to figure things out, God, we ask that maybe even today they would just take one small step of commitment to the community, to your house. And maybe that commitment is just joining someone for lunch. So God, we love you and we acknowledge you. We acknowledge that that we're so grateful to exist in the freedom of this country, and yet the independence that we value as Americans is often inconsistent with the interdependence expected in your church. And so, God, we ask that we would be able to see our life and our faith with fresh eyes. God, that we would be able to commit to you and commit to one another. No turning back. No prenup. No escape hatch to escape without being seen, God, but instead that we would deeply root ourselves within your house and your people so we might make the most of our days in showing the world what you're really like. So God, we thank you for today. What a gift it is to be your church. What a gift it is to be your family, your house, your oikos. And we celebrate you today. And we can't wait to celebrate you as we go. And so it's your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Love you guys. If you have questions, let me know. Otherwise, go get some food, grab your kids, get the banana pudding, and let me know what you think. Love you guys. Catch you later.